Expose my mind to clarity Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity And the wisdom rushing in So much clearer Welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. I'm your host, Cassidy Lynn, and welcome to another episode. I'm actually like so excited to be recording right now because I just feel like I've done a lot of guest interviews. Like I kind of batched a lot of guest interviews this week, and I'm really excited to be doing a solo episode for you guys. Um, I have a lot of life updates. A lot of things have happened. I am just over here thriving, living my best life. So I want to tell you guys about it. Today, also, we are going to be talking about kind of like part of the reason why I feel like a little bit more excited for this episode. But I want to talk about like creativity, which is something I've been feeling really inspired by lately um, and just like inspiration in general. Um, So yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about today, along with a bunch of other things. We've got a lot to cover. So let's jump into just like life updates or just random things that are happening in my life. Um, If you hate this part, just skip forward like 10 minutes. Okay. See you in 10 minutes. But if you like this part, then keep listening. Um, First, I launched merch last week. And if you're listening to this episode, it's been about a week now since my merch has launched. And I, first of all, thank you to everyone who bought my merch. I personally really loved my merch drop this time. I always really like what I drop, but specifically, I feel like I kind of stepped outside of the box in some different areas and it just makes me really, it's kind of part of like the whole theme of the episode. I just feel like it's really like re-sparked a little creativity in me. So yes, if you bought merch, thank you guys so much. If you didn't, there is still merch available. Um, My merch usually stays live for like a couple months and then I cycle it out with some new merch so my favorite design from this drop was my will travel for photos graphic tee this is something I've never done before is like a full graphic and there's like a cute little um like world globe guy and he's holding a camera and in like bubble letters it says will travel for photos so I just thought it was very like like Loki, I kind of feel like that's my slogan is I literally will travel to take your photos. Um, and it's really cute. It's like in this oversized, like white t-shirt. So I launched merch, super exciting. Number two, if you are watching this on YouTube, I got a new camera, but not for like photo. I got a new camera to record my video on for my podcast. And I know right now I am probably so crisp. I know this quality of this video is probably so good. 
I just, it, it's amazing. It's, I got the Sony a7R5 and I actually borrowed this camera from Sony earlier this year. I like did a sponsorship with them and they sent me this camera for like a couple weeks and I fell in love with it because it's amazing. It has like a flip out screen so I can see myself while I'm recording. It also like doesn't shut off after 30 minutes, which my Sony a7 III, my Sony RX100, they all shut off after 30 minutes. So 30 minutes into a podcast episode, I would have to stop, get up, you know, let my camera cool down and then I could keep going. But this camera, I don't think will stop on me. We, we're going to see. Um, so yeah, it's really exciting. And I also, I don't know if I mentioned I got the 24 to 70 as well, but I'm using that right now too, to shoot video. So this year I didn't get like a ton of new gear. Like the only new thing I really got this year was a, what did I get? Oh, I got Charlie a new computer so that he could edit stuff for me and it'd be faster. Um, and I think besides that, I really haven't had much new gear besides the 70 to 200. So this was like a super exciting thing that I did, but I think it's really going to benefit the podcast specifically because my videos, they're just going to be so crisp, you guys. So yeah, that's exciting. Um, what else do I have going on? So Black Friday is in a couple of days. This is Thanksgiving week right now. Some of you might be on a break. Maybe some of you are still working, but Black Friday is in four days. So I personally, I feel like Black Friday, Black Friday is crazy. But for me specifically, not only do I have sales on like all my products and stuff, but I have a bunch of brand deals and collabs and partnerships right now. And it is just like so crazy. First of all, I think it's so cool that this is a part of my job because I've always dreamed of working with brands like this, but it's also so hard to keep track of everything. Like I, you know, I'm working with 10 brands, you know, they all require different deliverables. They all have different edits. They want me to do. I have to have different captions. I post it at different times on different platforms and oh my gosh, it's so confusing. So that's been a lot for me lately, but I'm excited that it's finally dying down. Like I have basically all of my content made for all of these sponsorships. They're all, it's all approved. So it feels good to kind of be behind it. But speaking of Black Friday, I personally have a bunch of sales that are going to be going on on all of my digital products, my courses, my back to the basics course is going to reopen. I'm going to have my, um, what's it called? My wedding course is always open, but that's going to be discounted too. So if you've been interested in either of those courses, go get them on black Friday because I don't usually do sales on those. And also my presets, like I don't ever really do sales on anything. So check out my sales. Um, and I'm also potentially going to discount my merch just a little bit. I can't discount it much because I still have to make a little bit of a profit guys. <laughs> so it's going to be like a small percentage off on my merch if you want it. Um, so black Friday. That is a big deal. Big deal. Honestly, links for everything will be like on my Instagram if you want to like actually see what my deals are and everything. Um, so, okay. Brand partnerships. Cool. I have been going through a furniture saga, guys. I have been trying to like make my office feel more inspiring um, and just more creative. Like I want it to be like kind of a funky space. So I actually got, if you're watching on YouTube, I got like this side table from Urban Outfitters 
And it's like really cute. The top is like speckled colorful and then it's got like a green base and it's like a, one of those tables that goes like over the edge of your couch so that you can like set stuff on it or you could like work and have a laptop set up. So I've been going through a furniture saga. Okay. I ordered this rug for my office. You can't see it, but it's kind of like a, it's a fake zebra hide thing. I think it's cute. My sister doesn't like it, but I think it's really cute. It's fake. Okay. And I ordered this. Okay. From CB2. And then the next day after this gets delivered, I have a package outside of my door and it is from Crate and Barrel. I didn't order anything from Crate and Barrel and I open it. Well, I didn't even open it. I just looked on the box and it said vanity with mirror. And I looked up like the skew and like the model and stuff. And I did not order whatever was in my house. Didn't order it. It's not really my style. And I literally didn't know what to do with it. I don't know why they sent it to me. I had my address on it. I don't know why I got it, but we ended up having them literally just pick it up and take it away. I tried to sell it on Marketplace in like two hours. No one bought it. So I was like, I literally just want this gone. And then one of my side tables actually showed up broken this week as well. So I ordered three things this week and two of them didn't work out, which is just awesome. So the furniture saga continues, friends. I've been vlogging as well. I did a week in my life, and that should already be live at this point. Um, I vlogged like I did like a modeling thing with me and my sisters, which was fun. Um, I shot a bridal session this week, and I I know I keep saying like... (laughs) I keep saying, this is my last session. This is my last wedding. And then I end up booking more. (laughs) And I don't know how this happens because I literally, I'm literally not taking any more bookings for this year. And yet I still keep getting bookings. This was a previous engaged couple who I did their engagement photos and they like are just doing a really small wedding. And I just did their bridals and it was just really cute and honestly refreshing. Um, It was one of those things specifically bridal sessions. I feel like I just really love bridal sessions because I don't have to have the stress of a wedding day, but I get like that same, like I get the good portraits that you literally are obsessed with on a wedding day. Like I always look forward to the portraits from a wedding. So if I can just get the portraits, I feel like it's kind of a win-win. So I did a really cute bridal session this week and that was really fun for kind of the whole topic we're talking about today, just sparking creativity. I do really feel like that kind of sparked a little something, something in me as well. I have two more things, guys. Oh, one more thing. Okay. And that's it. Then I'll stop blabbing. I feel like lately I've been planning for next year a lot And I think this is the time of year where we really have to start figuring out, okay, what is next year going to look like? Um, I'm all about spontaneous. I'm all about taking spontaneous trips, spontaneous bookings, whatever. But I do like to have a little bit of a grasp of, okay, I'm traveling here. I have this booked, you know, whatever. So I can kind of plan things accordingly. And I think right now is the time of year where that starts to happen. It's a really good time to like buy international plane tickets or, you know, book hotels or whatever. So I feel like I've been doing a lot of planning for next year and it's really exciting. Like I have so many fun, exciting things I'm doing next year and I just can't wait for you guys to see what I'm going to be doing. So exciting. Okay. Let's get into today's episode, which is all about creativity finding inspiration, being inspired, being a creative. I feel like our jobs as creatives, it's really 
tiring to constantly be creative. It's it's like a pressure to constantly create, constantly be reinventing things and like it's a lot, okay? Being a creative is hard because I feel like even if you don't feel inspired or even if you don't feel creative in the moment, you still have to do your job. And that's where I feel like a lot of people get burnout or they get sick of this job because they're just like, they're not into it anymore. They don't feel the passion anymore. And I feel like lately I've been feeling the passion. Okay, guys, I something about this year, something about the past couple months, I've been feeling really, really inspired. Maybe it's been like the travel that I've been doing. Like I literally went to beautiful places in the world that probably impacted it quite a bit. But creativity, it's hard to be creative every single day. And I actually had someone comment on one of my posts. Like I've had a few comments lately of people just saying like, your work is really good normally. But I feel like, like someone literally said lately, your work has been just phenomenal and like just above and beyond. And I saw that comment and I was like, I would agree. I feel like I feel so incredibly inspired right now to create whatever the heck I want to. So let's kind of break down creativity, things that can help you feel creative, maybe some reasons why I'm feeling creative, things I've been doing. Let's just talk about it. Okay. Let's just do it. So the first, there's a few different areas that I feel like you can be creative in, but I want to start by just talking about shooting because this alone has impacted my creativity so much shooting is the like it's the actual act of doing photography and I feel like this is the area where you start to if you start to feel mundane and routine in this area this is where you start to lose the passion and start to lose why did the why did I do this in the first place mindset like you just really start to lose sight of like literally why you got into photography in the first place so while you're shooting there's things I've been doing that I feel like are just really helpful for me. You know, I've been doing this for so long, like years at this point. And sometimes engagement sessions can feel like routine. I go to the same places. I take the same shots. I do the same thing. It's the same lighting. And I think it's good to have something that you can replicate because I think that's a really good business when you create something that people want and you can replicate it. I think that's amazing. But I think there is a point where you need to, sure, keep replicating what you're doing, but integrate creativity into that repetition. So while I'm shooting, I am trying new poses. I've been loving this. And I think for a while I put myself in a pose box. Because I think when you get afraid of forgetting poses, you're just like, I just hope I remember a pose, period let alone like, like that's really where the bar is. I feel like for me, sometimes I'm like, I just hope I can remember the pose I want to do. Like, so when it comes to posing, I feel like I've been not as intentional with my posing because I'm like, I just want a pose period. Like that's the bare minimum for me. Whereas I feel like if you're being really creative and inspired, like new poses are going to come to you and you're, you need to try them. Even if you don't know if they're going to look good, even if you've never done them before, 
posing is so key for the end result of your photo. Like I would say that and composition and lighting are so huge. So when I'm shooting lately, I've been doing different poses. Um, I actually was really inspired by something that Miles Levitt said on my podcast like a couple weeks ago. He said that he's been creating space between his subjects and not so much always putting them together and smushing them together, but he feels like sometimes when you separate your subjects, it creates more intimacy. And I that really stuck with me. And I've been doing that in my photography. I've been trying to like not always default to put your arms around each other or hug, get close. And while those are great photos, like also allowing my subjects to have space between them and capturing that beauty as well. Um, so trying new poses, this is huge. Trying new settings. So motion blur. Okay. This is like, you know, I feel like we've all been doing motion blur for a while, but that's a settings thing. Also like higher aperture that really scares me. Okay. I, my whole career have had aperture F 2.8 or lower. That has been where I live. But lately I've been feeling like having a higher aperture actually has been giving me more the look that I want and more of the look that I'm going for, which is actually completely different than how I've been shooting. Um, I feel like I kind of go through this back and forth of like, I love high aperture and then I love F four or 1.4 or 1.2. You know what I mean? So just messing around with my settings and doing things that I don't normally do to create just a different vibe. And I've been doing this in different sections of my galleries. So like I'll go to one location and I'll do like, you know, higher aperture by this tree. And then over here we go into a field and then I lower my aperture and then I go, we go to the next spot and I'll do high aperture for a little bit and then raise it up again. So I've been kind of just like messing around with letting it go wherever I feel like I want it to go. And I feel like it does help that I have like the electronic viewfinder on my camera so I can see like how everything's going to look in the moment. I can see it. Um, but that's been something that's been fun. Just trying new settings, something that you normally wouldn't try. Um, another thing that can help settings wise is actually doing single shot or just like not shooting on high speed continuous, but maybe you only take one photo at a time. Like you don't allow your camera to like do bursts and stuff. Number one, I feel like that helps you get away from overshooting Two, I feel like it really helps you with this creativity concept because it's forcing you to choose one moment that you want captured. And I feel like when we view photography as art, you can't include 300 photos in an art gallery. Like that's not how an art gallery works. You get one shot. Okay. And I feel like using that one shot setting in your camera really forces you to bubble it down, boil it down to the root and be like, okay, what is the one shot I want? That I feel like is a really strong creative. If you can be confident enough in the one shot that you want, that's all I'm saying. I mean, you can overshoot too. I don't think overshoot shooting is necessarily bad because you can guarantee you get that one shot. But I feel like overshoot does allow the opportunity for you to over deliver and maybe make your galleries not as strong. So just a thought. While I'm shooting, I've been trying new lighting. I've been trying harsh lighting. I've been trying shadows. I've been trying 
a combination, a plethora of all things. One of my favorite shots I took recently at the bridal session that I did, I put my subject underneath the veil in direct sun and I use my star point filter. Okay. There's a lot of layers there, but basically what it did was it created a really hazy vibe and I got little stars on the veil and I was like, this is amazing. Like I've never created anything like this before. And it took like me kind of layering things. This is also something maybe I'm realizing right now that it does take like a layer of different things to kind of get what you want. Like maybe you layer a sun flare with like, I don't know, like something in front of your lens or I don't even know. Like I do feel like there are layers to photography, even as far as like perspective goes. Anyway, new lighting. This is something that I feel like has been really inspiring lately. Maybe it's just because my whole career, I've been really focused on shade and backlit that I haven't really allowed myself to mess around with different lighting and stuff. But I feel like in new lighting comes new creativity. When you're in new types of environments, it forces you outside of your comfort zone and it forces you to try something new. And I feel like that is what new lighting is really doing for me. Um, Blue hour is something that I've been honestly kind of forced to work with because I've had a lot of sessions that haven't gone as planned and we've been pushed into blue hour when I would prefer not to be pushed into blue hour. But it's really shown me that, you know, when I put in new situations, I think it's really when I thrive, like new lighting, new situations. Um, So try out some new lighting that that's a really fun thing that I think we can be doing to kind of respark our creativity, trying new angles. Um, I feel like I'm really bad at this. I really like to stay eye level, but you know, trying some angles from up above, maybe you go like a couple steps back and you zoom in, like just trying something new as far as like the angles and composition goes. I think that's really fun. And I think that would really benefit us as a whole. This episode is sponsored by Aftershoot. Aftershoot is an AI-assisted culling and editing software designed to save you hours of editing. Aftershoot offers unlimited culling and unlimited editing for a flat rate, so it's not priced per image. And Aftershoot can run without Wi-Fi, so you can edit on a plane in the middle of nowhere. Aftershoot has you covered. The culling app has lots of great features that can help you with the review process, like key faces, duplicate grouping, spray can mode, and more. Go to the link in the description and use code CASSIDY20 to get 20% off all aftershoot packages. That's Cassidy20 to get 20% off all aftershoot packages. Thanks for listening. And now back to the show. So now let's talk about creativity kind of within editing. So while I'm editing, there's been some things that I've been doing. Number one, and this is huge. I've been viewing my galleries as art as a whole. Um, and this is something I have been inspired to do for a while, but I haven't actually done it but I feel like I'm doing it recently. Um, But just allowing myself to have multiple checkpoints throughout my editing process, um, just to kind of figure out like, is this art or is this just me overcompensating for my insecurity of thinking that the client's not going to be satisfied? I want my galleries to be so meaningful and every photo to be so powerful versus here's 200 shots of you doing the exact same thing, but your hair is a little different. Your face is a little different, but I'm just going to deliver all of them to you. 
Think about like the client's perspective on that. That's got to be really overwhelming. Like when, when I get delivered a bunch of photos, I go through and I pick my favorites. I did this with my wedding gallery. I'm not saying that like every person that takes photos of me does this, but like even still, I feel like I, I as the client really want to narrow down like 50 photos for my wedding, 50 photos that I look back on. You know, there's lots of great photos, but like, I feel like I want 50 staples and yeah, I'll, I want more than that, obviously, but like I'm going through and favoriting my faves and I'm downloading those. So viewing each gallery as art as a whole and just getting past that insecurity of feeling like I need to deliver every single photo that exists. (laughs) Um, And then I've also been trying to view each photo as art. And this has been really powerful as well. Like if a photo can't stand on its own and speak on its own, then I don't really want it. I want each photo to be a story, right? Um, I'm not delivering multiples of basically the same shot. And this is something that's really hard for me. Okay. (laughs) I really like to over deliver because I'm insecure, but I've been really working on not over delivering multiple photos of the same shot. Okay. I've been messing around with tinting, different tints, different, um, underlying colors in my photos, greens, pinks, um, reds. I feel like my honey boba preset has a lot of reds in there. I was really inspired by reds for a while. I feel like now I'm really into greens. Um, so just kind of messing around with tints and that sort of thing. I've also been creating some new presets (laughs) who am I um I always mess around with different variations of my presets I'm actually working on combining a bunch of my presets specifically my matcha glow and creamy dreamy to create more of a very base very minimal edit that stands really well on its own and can be built into more but also stands really beautifully on its own as a really subtle edit. Um, That's something I've been working on. And that's been really inspiring for me too, because I've never really messed around with like, if I'm being real, a lot of my presets, I feel like they're pretty dramatic. And lately I've been doing like 75% or like 60% of my preset on my photo. Cause I'm like, I just want this to kind of stand on its own a little bit more, like a few more of like the, natural colors to come through a little more. And that's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to mess around with creating something completely new that kind of encompasses this feeling that I've been trying to get out of my presets for a little bit. So that's something I've been doing in editing. Okay. Now let's talk about things that I've been doing in my life, just in general, that I feel like have aided in this new creativity inspiration that I've been feeling. Um, so I feel like every person needs to be inspired outside of photography in some way and find creativity in other things. And for me, this looks different than maybe for you, but one of the things that I feel like really sparks my creativity is hobbies and things that could be viewed as like, it could turn into work or like whatever, but they're just like, it's not sitting on my couch and watching TV. It's 
going and playing pickleball. Um, it's thrifting. It's, um, you know, designing my house and decorating. It's, um, going on a walk and like admiring nature. It's, there's so many things that I feel like I've been doing in my life and I do them because it's really inspiring for me. And honestly, it just kind of keeps me a little bit sane. If I'm going to be real, I feel like if I don't have something to do, something to look forward to, something to like keep me busy, I get, I literally just go crazy. I'm just, I, I can appreciate a good movie night, you know, every once in a while, every week or whatever, but I really just love going out and doing things, you know, like I feel like that's been really creative for me lately. So hobbies, they're great. And I would encourage you to have some sort of hobby or activity that you enjoy doing that's not photography related. Just something, literally anything. There's so many things. I'm sure every single one of you listening has something that you enjoy that isn't photography. And I kind of want you to lean into that because I do think that allows you to have new experiences and new learning opportunities that you might not necessarily get within photography, but they're still like great skills to have. They're great lessons to learn. So I've been doing some of that dabbling, you know, in hobbies. I've also been kind of romanticizing literally every single thing that I do. (laughs) So it's like, oh, I'm going to run errands today. But it's like, no, I'm going to run errands today. Like I'm going to get a coffee. I'm going to go, well, I don't drink coffee, but I'm going to get a chai. I'm going to like play some music. I'm going to take the scenic route. Like I feel like I've been really in my romanticizing era, truly. Like I feel like everything I do is like, feels like a new adventure for me. So if you're able to kind of romanticize some of those mundane things that you do, or just like the everyday routine things, I think that is really fun. And it's really inspiring. Honestly, I should have like a counter of how many times I freaking say inspiring or creative during this episode because it is a lot. My gosh. So romanticizing everything I do, literally everything down to like me doing my makeup in the morning or I don't know, me putting together my outfit, me making my bed. It's all like part of some sort of, maybe it's a little Delulu. I don't know. (laughs) Just romanticizing the things that I do. I also have been doing like video and content creation just because I love it. Not so much because I know it's going to like benefit my business. Although I do, that is an added benefit, but I genuinely love content creation. I love filming videos and posting and just like, it's so fun for me. And I just think that's something that has really sparked creativity in me lately. Just like having the opportunity to have an audience and create content that I think my audience is really going to like. It's just so fun. I, maybe it's the inner like people pleaser in me. Um, but I think when I'm, it almost feels, it gives me like a lot of purpose as well. Like I feel a sense of purpose in content creation and creating videos. Um, and it's, I honestly feel like my content creation side of my job is has become pretty separate from photography because it is like a whole to create a video that is you know uh gonna perform well or just like a video that is 
just to create a video in general, that is a creative process in and of itself. So not only am I a photographer, but I would like to say I am a version of a videographer now and a version of a content creator because I, it takes a whole different level of creativity to make videos. Um, you have to have a vision. You have to know the angles. You have to know, like, is it going to be voiceover? Is it going to be um, ASMR? Like, you have to have a vision with that. And I think that's been, like, a really creative, big creative outlet for me recently has been just, like, the video side of things. Um, and the last area that I've been creative in is in my business, obviously. Um, but I wanted to talk about, like, things outside of the business, too. But within my business specifically... I have been feeling just like the need to start new things and like do new adventures and just kind of viewing everything I do as just something new and inspiring, whether or not it's going to succeed or not. It's like, I don't really care if it's going to succeed. That's going to be awesome. If it's going to fail, then I learned a lesson and I did something that I felt like I really wanted to do. So I just listed out a few examples of like maybe things that can help you start a new adventure, some things that maybe you've been wanting to do merch. Like I mentioned earlier in this episode, merch has been like a huge creative outlet for me because I love fashion. I love that side of things. I love design. I love colors. So creating my merch has been a really fun creative outlet. I'm not going to lie to you guys. It is not my biggest moneymaker. Okay. I'm not over here rolling in the dough from my merch, but what I think is more fulfilling than making a monetize profit is seeing people in my merch and them loving it or seeing people be like, I ordered your merch and I absolutely love it. It's so comfortable. It's so, uh, I don't know, like I love whatever, whatever it is that they love about it. That to me, it makes it worth it. Um, so whatever adventure it is, it's not necessarily going to be the thing that's going to make you the most money. If it turns out to be great, that is awesome. Amazing. But I think just kind of wipe that expectation from your mind before starting a new adventure or just a new business venture, a new, whatever it is you want to chase after a new dream. Don't have any expectations, period. I feel like influencing for me has been something that has been really fun. It's been a new venture for sure. Working with brands and stuff, mini sessions. This isn't something I've been doing, but this is something that can allow you to kind of branch into a new niche or just work with new people, opening a studio. I know a lot of people who have a dream of opening a studio and I say, what the heck? Why not? Now make sure we're not being irresponsible with our money. Okay. I think there is a fine line between like trying something new and like, don't like use all your money on it. Potentially. I I'm sure other people would give you other advice. But that's just me. Like I do, I am a little bit of like a saver. So I want to make sure that you are being financially wise. But opening a studio could be really fun. It could be as simple as being in your office or the space that is designated for you to work and get just a couple of like backdrop rolls that can just screw into your wall or something. You could just unroll them when you want to and then pack them back up when you're done. Um... Film photography, I feel like a lot of people have been getting into film lately, but I really feel like it's sticking around. And I genuinely feel like the people who are starting in film are doing film, they love it. And they have just, it's been a whole new creative spark for them. And another idea would be opening like a client closet. 
I had this idea for a little bit. I never actually did it, but you know, options for your clients for things to wear. Just an idea. Just an idea. Okay. So I have a few challenges I want to give you. And I also have a few questions from Instagram that I'm going to answer. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about inspiration for a little bit. So a few challenges. Number one, I want you to use slow season kind of as a reset season. Um, don't book yourself so busy with holiday mini sessions, with all sorts of stuff in your personal life that you have no time to reset. Okay. I want you to use this season as a reset. Um, whatever area you need to reset in, I don't know what it could be. Maybe it is your creativity. Maybe it is, um, you literally need a reset from work in general. Maybe you just need to take a break. Maybe you just need a reset in your style. You want to find like a new editing style. Use slow season as a reset. You are going to thank yourself. Okay. So kind of view this, the next couple of months as a blank slate. You can do literally whatever you want. Okay. Do whatever you want. Allow yourself to have space to create. Um, this is a huge lesson I've been learning lately. You have no time to do something new. You have no time to grow your business if you jam pack it full of sessions and weddings and editing and calls. You need space to create. Creatives need space. Um, I think having like a creative space in general, your designated creative space for me, it is literally my office. I'm literally sitting in my creative space. That's why this podcast episode is so fire right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you you know what I mean? You need space physically, but you also need like space in your calendar. Okay. You also need space mentally. So giving yourself space to create is like one of my biggest lessons I've learned this year for sure. Um, don't overbook, don't jam pack your schedule. Don't overcommit even personally, like don't overcommit personally to the point where it's like, I have no time to do things I need to do in my business or whatever. Okay. I want you to use the season also to kind of reinvent yourself a little bit. Okay. I feel like the term or like the phrase reinvent yourself gets a little <laughs> overused or it's a little cliche, but I do kind of like the whole idea of like reinventing, um, not to the point where it's like you're changing your style so much that people feel like they, they're not still working with the same photographer that they booked, you know, whatever. But I think just kind of allowing yourself to reinvent if you want to, now is the time creating that space and that openness and just, yeah, just reinvent yourself if you want to, if you want to. Okay. I want to talk about finding inspiration a little bit too. Um, because lately I've been really inspired by everything that I do. It's not just like in my work or in photography. I've been inspired by, like I mentioned, going on walks. I've been inspired by like lighting in my house or literally food that I eat. Um, I've been inspired by neighborhoods. I don't even know. Like I get inspired by cars sometimes. How? I don't know. Like literally sometimes I see a car. I'm like, wow, that's so sleek. Or I love the design of that. So allow yourself to just be inspired by things outside of photography. Um, I think that's where the artist comes out is when you 
view everything in your life as inspiration. Maybe it's a situation that you're in. Maybe it's a conversation that you have. Maybe it's a podcast episode that you listen to. Wink, wink, wink. You know, all different sorts of things can inspire you to create. Another thing I want to talk about, I saw this in my Facebook group. It's the question of, can you use people's photos as inspiration for like a physical mood board? Like, are you allowed to use people's photos when you promote a style shoot or when you, you know, are making an ad or something like that? Can you publicly use other people's photos in that way? And the answer that I've kind of gathered is that legally you shouldn't. Like if you're going to advertise for a styled shoot or a shoot or whatever, you shouldn't be using other people's photos. I think it's great if you can use it for like a private mood board that you just create. Like a mood board is a mood board. Like you're grabbing stuff from Pinterest. You're It's a hodgepodge of a whole bunch of things. But kind of a hot topic has been the idea of like, can you use other people's photos to advertise for something that you are booking? And honestly, even just explaining it and saying that, like it sounds that in itself, like it just sounds like you shouldn't do that. Like just saying that makes it just feel like you shouldn't do it. Um, And like, I've been guilty of it. I've definitely done it before, but I, um, that's something that I feel like has been on my mind lately. It's just like that concept of like being inspired, creating inspiration and mood boards and, you know, inspiration boards, but not necessarily taking those photos and having like the credit be shown on you. Does that make sense? So another thing that I've been using for inspiration is just finding new lighting. And I think I kind of talked about this in the creativity part of it, but I've been loving using my flash. I've been loving harsh light. I've been loving low light blue hour. Um, I even want to mess around with getting like a freestanding light and mimicking like Um, window light and finding different ways to create lighting through like uh, light stands. I like never mess around with like artificial light, but I love it. I think Brandon Wolfel is a amazing photographer and he uses light stands and he like uses light, artificial light, basically in all of his photo shoots, which is crazy to me. Um, So it's something that I really feel like could be a fun thing for this off season for me is just finding inspiration in that and maybe messing around with um artificial light in some way okay so I wanted to answer a few of your guys's questions from Instagram let's see we have five here um and I will tell you guys my last question I'm going to answer is how I can edit my wedding so fast so if you want to know the answer to that wait until the end of this episode because I will answer it number one someone asked, how do I become someone's second shooter? Um, and then the question after that is actually, how do I become someone's associate shooter? So I want to talk about this very quickly. I don't have a ton of second shooter experience because when I started photography, I went and just did my own weddings. You know, I shot my own weddings, got all of my own bookings myself. I really never second shot for someone until like a couple years into it. How do I hear about people getting second shooters though? I hear people being like, here's how I got this gig or this gig or whatever. So I do feel like I know how people get 
second shooter gigs. A lot of the times, Facebook groups, second shooter Facebook groups, people will literally post in there and be like, I have a wedding. I need a second shooter for this date. Please come if you're available. Um, that's a great way to get connections for sure. Um, a lot of people prefer to work with the same second shooter. Okay. And that can be tricky if you're trying to get into it. Cause it's like, Oh, like all these people already have their people. Like they already have their preferred people. It's so hard to find like a space where someone wants to work with me. But once you get in, I feel like you're going to get a bunch of more opportunities, but you just have to get that first second shooter gig. So another thing you can do, reach out to people on Instagram for every 20 people you reach out to probably one person is going to respond, but that is going to make it so worth it. There was a girl that I had associate shoot for me. And I think, I don't think she ever second shot for me, but she's associate shot for me a couple times. And it was because I, I literally found her cause she reached out to me and I followed her. Like she DM me, I followed her and I didn't have an, any opportunities for her at the moment, but you know, something popped up and I wanted her to associate shoot for me. So stuff like that, that's going to be a really good way for you to just get your um, foot in the door. I do have to tell you guys, if you DM me now, I probably don't have any opportunities for you to second shoot because it's just me and Charlie right now. Um, but there are opportunities out there. I would also recommend finding maybe some intermediate photographers who are like, you know, they're not new. They have their own wedding bookings, but they're still trying to get their name out there. Those are going to be people who maybe are looking for second shooters. They're going to be more willing to give you a chance because they too just experienced that beginner phase of photography not too long ago. So they, they're going to sympathize with you. They get it. And they want probably want to work with someone who's in a similar boat as them, you know? Um, now the question is how do you become someone's associate shooter, which I think is a little different than second shooting as far as how you find the bookings for an associate shooter. A lot of the times photographers are looking for you to have at least five of your own weddings. And that can be hard to get those bookings, but I think you're going to get those bookings through second shooting. Um, so second shoot advertise the crap out of those photos get five of your own weddings, and then you can start to go to more established photographers, bigger photographers who have teams, and you can pitch yourself. I think also just creating a community of photographers surrounding you is one of the best ways to get shooting gigs. Like getting referrals is absolutely huge. Um, a lot of the times people want someone that they can trust. So sometimes people will take their second shooters and turn them into associates because they have worked with them in the past. They have seen how they work and function on a wedding day and they trust that they can do it by themselves because they've seen them firsthand. So those second shooter opportunities that you're getting, if you have the opportunity to work with someone over and over and over again, that's really going to allow you to then potentially become an associate shooter if that photographer wants to grow an associate team. Okay. The next question, <laughs> and this is kind of generic, but someone did ask me this. How do I market and find my clients? So right now for me, it is basically 90% social media, probably 10% referral. Uh, my referral is probably higher than that. It's probably like 20%. But social media has been huge for me. I just had a call with a girl right before this who found me on Instagram. And 
I think different marketing strategies work for different people. Some people don't even need social media. Some people it's like, I get tons of word of mouth referrals. I don't even need to post on Instagram. That's great. That's not really where my clients find me, especially for more of those travel weddings. I feel like social media is huge. So that's where I do a lot of my marketing and find a lot of my clients. Um, I don't do much marketing besides that. Honestly, I feel like I just know that social media works for me. Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest and relying on word of mouth as well. Those are kind of my main marketing ways, marketing things that I do to attract clients. So that is the answer to that question. Okay. Tips for someone looking to start email marketing. That's a fun question. Um, so email marketing, if you don't know, is literally you marketing yourself to people via email. The hard thing is getting those initial emails in the first place. So there's a couple of ways that you can do it. If you want to start email marketing, you have to start by having email addresses to begin with. So you need people to opt into something. You need them to enter in their email address. Well, how are they going to do that? You're going to have them opt in to a freebie, some sort of item that is going to give them further value. You can also have people opt in when they fill out your contact form. That's a great way to get email addresses. Um, So have people opt into something. Think about what can you offer someone for free that's going to give them enough value that they're willing to give their email address, okay? Once you get your email addresses, you need to create campaigns. And I'm not someone that knows much about email campaigns. So I cannot give you further details on a good campaign lineup, like what series of emails you should write. I don't know that. However, I do know that email is basically a direct line to people. So if you're posting about your mini sessions all the time on Instagram, but you're not booking anything, Maybe the right people just aren't seeing your Instagram story that day. Maybe they're just not on Instagram that day. If you are able to directly email someone and say, hey, I have many sessions, that is going to allow you to speak to someone directly. And in my head, I'm also thinking about the fact that maybe you do some email exclusive things. Maybe you say, my mini sessions are opening first to my email list. So if you want first dibs at a slot, sign up for my email list. That's going to be a great way to get people in the door. Um, There is a great website. It's called Flowdesk that I've been using. um, F-L-O Desk. And they have basically all of like my emails come from there. They have great templates. They have little pop-ups that you can put and embed on your website. So you can have like a freebie pop-up. There's like a little, um, you know, like those little opt-in kind of blank things that will be at the bottom of people's websites. And it's like, oh, you want to join my email list? Enter your email here. Um, That that is through Flowdesk as well. So that's a great resource. Last question. How do I edit a wedding in an hour? Okay, not an hour. (laughs) Someone asked me, how do I wedit? Wedit, oh my gosh. How do I edit a wedding in an hour? But I don't actually edit a wedding in an hour. It's about three hours for me. Um, so let me tell you guys the secret. Okay. There's two things. Number one, I cull and sort through my photos. 
basically right when they're fresh, the day of a session or the day after. Okay. While I'm still passionate about them. So that's number one. Number two, and that usually doesn't take me too long. That's like 45 minutes. Number two, I am never too indecisive. I make my decision right away, right on emotion. That is how I'm editing my photos. That's how I'm picking my photos right away. It's like, do I like this photo? Yes or no? Like, and if no, I just move on right away. Um, that's how I am with my editing too. I put my preset on, I like get, you know, the edit exactly how I want it in this lighting scenario. And then I'm just copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. And you know, I turn on exposure, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. I feel like I'm not so hung up on those small details of temperature and tint and like random things because I don't really think that's something that a client's eye is going to notice. It's something that I notice, but it's not enough for me to stop my workflow and lower my exposure by 0.05. You know what I mean? Like those really small tweaks that we're really passionate about. I feel like I try not to do those. Okay. So I'm very decisive, very quickly, just like getting all my editing done. That usually is taking me around two hours. And then once I get through all my photos, I'm just doing a final look through and making sure everything looks cohesive and it's a strong gallery. And then I deliver it. The key is to not overthink. Okay. I think a lot of people make the mistake of overthinking their edits, overthinking like literally everything. They're going back and forth between edits. They're going back and forth between photos. I am just making a decision. Um, I, I think I, I'm a little more blunt than I realized Someone actually told me this week that I'm a blunt person, which I literally never thought of myself like that. But I am kind of like blunt to the point in my editing. Like I'm like, yes or no. Do we want this? Yes or no. Like, and I think that is one way that I'm able to really get my photos done really quickly. Um, I don't necessarily encourage rushing through a gallery. Like if you need to go back and look through things, obviously do it. And this, I've been editing photos for seven years. I actually spent my first two years of photography. I was working for a nonprofit and literally every single weekend I would take 3000 photos every single day for a camp and have them edited and delivered by the end of the night. Okay. So I had to force myself into this, um, fast pace editing environment. Um, but Sometimes I think if you have a lot that you have to edit, you really do have to force yourself into this mindset. So, okay, that answers the question. And actually, guys, that's all I have for today's episode. If you want more content from me, I actually have my sister's podcast, Go Off Sis, that you can go listen to. Um, It's with me and my two other sisters. But don't forget about my Black Friday deals, okay? In a couple of days, everything's going to be going on sale. Like I said, even my merch potentially. So everything's going on sale. We're very excited and these are going to be some awesome tools. Like I think my tools are like awesome tools for you. (laughs) I don't know. How do I sell myself? How do I sell my products? Oh my gosh, it's so awkward. I do feel like I very intentionally try to think through my digital products so that they're actually like helpful for you is what I'm trying to say. But either way, even if you don't want them, thank you for listening. Thank you guys so much for being here. I will see you next week for another episode and have an amazing Thanksgiving. Have an amazing rest of your day. With all of the highlights and the shadows is my composure. All the layers above, all the edits and tweaks, I know her. 
Never go. 